Welcome to episode 19 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. You were just about to I, cut I me off. You I just cannot gonna, help I yourself. I can't help it. Well, it's for every all things indie film, so it's everything. Yeah. That's, that's a big responsibility. I'm your other host, Paul Robinson. Welcome to the show. Who do we have today? It's amazing. We have Ryan Connolly from Film Riot. Ryan Connolly. No, I'm sorry. That never heard of him. No, it doesn't <laughs> ring a bell. <laughs> I've never heard of him either, if I'm being honest. Whoa, whoa. What's, who's that? Whoa, what's whoa, happening? Whoa. Uh, it's me, God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. Thank you so much for being on, Ryan. Um, for people that live under a rock and don't know who you are, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, yeah. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, and I suppose, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to call the other side of it, the YouTube side of it. It's like online educator, online personality. There's like a thousand names, but I really just consider myself a filmmaker that has a show online. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I started Film Riot forever ago, and uh, you know, with the idea of it tracking the progression of my career and also just being open and honest about you know, figuring out how to do the thing that you know I needed to do, didn't want to do, I needed to do it, just had that passion and wanting to put that passion out there and you know the just that career path and all the things that I learned, just put it out there and create a community that could kind of come together and feed off each other a little bit. Um, and that's pretty much what we do and been the trajectory with the the idea of leading towards features which we're getting really close to so it started you know this is what i thought would be the coolest thing and i think is the coolest thing kind of about the show is we literally started in you know a backyard with all just friends and now we kind of make the show the same way but it's you know it's at a different level now to where we could do everything from we just put out an episode where we did this like two and a half minute like horror we call it a short, but it's, it's not really a short, but it's, you know, <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. it's a short. Uh, and, but we shot it for, you know, zero dollars. We bought like a $20 mask from uh, from the Halloween store, mm-hmm. used almost no lighting whatsoever. Uh, we used like an, uh, a, an LED flex light in there, but we could have used like a can light and would have done the exact same thing. So it was, it was doing it on a very small scale. But then, you know, uh, earlier this year, we released the, the biggest short film we've ever done with like a hundred person crew and seven shooting days across two states and a big cast and explosions and so it's been like it's become like this balance of those two worlds of everything from you know when you get to that higher point here's here's how we do it here's what you can do here's what to expect but also right now you know here's what you can do which i also think is interesting it's going off a little bit off point but uh, all the stuff that we showed, even with our short film Ballistic, which was that was the hundred person crew, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. big explosions, full stunt team, you Hollywood players involved. It was awesome. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah, so it's like the techniques and everything that we showed involved in that short film are the same techniques that I use when we do the stuff where we have zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get a lot of people that get discouraged by looking at the crew and the gear. And I try as much as possible to talk about it on the show of where my film riot when I was younger was uh, movie magic on discovery channel, which was showing how they made independence day and terminator two. And obviously I couldn't do any of those things, <laughs> but it was looking at the techniques and the ideas behind it and how they problem solved that really helped educate me in uh, thinking that way and using those techniques, but on my level. So we're always trying to show that, that these techniques are the same thing across the board. It's just the tools are different. That's all. But yeah. you know what I mean? You want to hammer a nail into a wall. 
you just hammer the nail into the wall. Whether you have a hammer or a shoe, you're going to do the exact same thing. It's sure. just one's going to be a lot easier. Uh, so the, the shoe would are, be, I this, assume, right? It, uh, well, it depends on what shoe you got. <laughs> one of those construction shoes. Yeah, you're clog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of been our goal is to... I guess basically make it more accessible and to hopefully inspire, you know, new filmmakers and people who don't have those big budgets of it's all the same thing. It's just, you know, content is everything you, that engagement with the audience is everything. So that's really been the intention of the show. I think I went off on a rant and didn't <laughs> create my own roll. question to that's answer. Cool. That's how we roll. Don't worry about it. You're welcome to Rantsville. This is where we live. <laughs> oh, great. Population three. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think that a really interesting um, ironic point to make here mm-hmm. is that we, um, when Paul and I met, just in case you uh, wanted to be really bored, I'm going to give you this story. Um, we he was <laughs> that was a great pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it's how I it's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, he, when we met, he was making films, but it was more of like kind of a fun thing to yeah, do with I his guess friends. So. Sure, and, yeah, you know, and and. Um, so I always liked writing and I always wanted to make film, but uh, just never got to. And so we kind of started to collaborate and became like this couple that was making films. And then we started watching Film Riot shortly after that. And it was just kind of interesting because when we first started filming, we were filming with Home Depot lights. Mm-hmm. Best Buy cameras. Best Buy cameras. A lot of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, just doing whatever we could. Um, and, uh, you know, our equipment was absolutely terrible, but, um, and learning about lighting, I think, Mm -hmm. I think the fanciest thing we had were some gels. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, We had some gels, uh, but on a Home Depot light. Yeah. (laughs) And then you (laughs) you had your, your stage lights, which were hot. It was like, it it was like the devil had just spat in the room when you turned those lights on. So it was, (laughs) my friend bought me these like photography lights that were like, um, really old. And yeah, they're, they're like yeah. vintage. Yeah, but they had the they had the barn doors on it, so they looked fancy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had I had a light like that. Yeah. It's just you could not. We actually uh, burnt uh, one of the walls in my parents' house oh, <laughs> with oh, one God. of those lights. We had this huge burn. Somebody's like, "What's that smell?" And we look over, and there's a circle in the wall, like darkening and starting to smoke. And we're like, "We should turn that off." Don't yeah. you love that? Uh, well, I've we- melted some siding. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we've. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a little bit of damage. Yeah. Not not quite that bad though. Yeah. But so, well, anyway, the whole point was that we, you know, kind of started getting into wanting to make our stuff look better. You know, it was like, how do we do this for real? And how do you do this on our budget? Mm-hmm. We watch a show, and we would, you know, like we just watch it together Pick and be like, things, oh yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea. This is cool, you know, whatever. And fast forward, I don't know, seven years later, sure, and um, we actually. We actually won one of your competitions. Oh, right on! Yeah. So it was like which one? It was the um, it was the scene remake challenge. We did um, it was the challenge where you, there was the they did a, like, there was the top three. It had one that was Jaws, Jaws Terminator. Terminator, and then we were the mm-hmm. winners, which did Leon the, the, the professional. professional. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, that's yeah. us. Yeah, oh, that's I was, crazy. I that's was, awesome. I was the ugly cry face in that. I got a bunch of free crap. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, free crap yes. is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so was, that was like just a surreal moment because yeah. we were like, "There's no way we're ever going to win. We're never going to win." We, you know, we. And I know everybody anything. that wins anything ever always says, "I never thought I'd win ever." But yeah, like- but we literally <laughs> never thought we would win that. And so we were. We happened to be on vacation. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, they released." 
the winners. And so we saw... And we're getting ready to, like, hate on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, we're, we're getting ready to just be like, I don't even know why we bought it. So we saw the Jaws one. And then we saw that Terminators who were like, well, obviously, we didn't make it. And then I was like, is that my voice? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was, you know... Story for story for the kiddos out there. Yeah, don't give up. That's awesome. well. That's the thing, you know. I mean, even this one minute one, we're entering something into it, and I feel like we never enter, and you shouldn't enter these things expecting to win. If you win, that's great. But yeah. for us anyway, it's it's a chance to try something new and experiment and have have confines, you know, and say, all right, we have to make a one minute film f- for X, Y, and Z, and then we go out there and we try something interesting, and it's like it gets you out there doing stuff mm-hmm. within the confines yeah, exactly. of something, which is awesome, and I and I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, that's the exact right attitude to have. And we, we had, uh, with the last one that we did, the last one minute, we had a lot of people upset because, you know, a lot of the winners had really good production value and everything. And they were questioning what made, you know, what, why did we pick the winners we picked? And it's just I don't, like, man, I that's imagine. such a defeatist attitude. That's, that's like, it, it's a lot of people getting in their own ways. It's like, even when we put out, like, we just put out the, the one I was just talking about. We put out this, uh, how we made this horror short with zero money we just spent them out and there's inevitably always someone who's like yeah no money except for your office and the camera you yeah, shot it yeah. on and the lights that you used and the yep and I, i'm just like no budget means you didn't spend any money yeah. so it doesn't yeah. count like if you're lucky enough to have resources great yeah everybody's but gonna have different resources yeah. so if we didn't have the office i would have shot it in the house and it's just it the wrong message is always taken away from it and i i'm always concerned that those people are getting in their own way and you know having that defeatist sort of attitude instead of looking at it as like oh wow look at what they did with no money okay i have my house looking at the ideas and being inspired by okay well what resources do i have that i can make something with because it's always been about and that's what made the winners win last time it's engage me you know, as an audience member, mm-hmm. you know, it could be the biggest attempt at an artsy sort of, I told the story thing. Great, but I'm bored. Right. So right. you, you failed there, you know? Yeah. And it could be, you know, like one of them was just this sort of corny joke, Michael Bayish sort of thing, but it engaged the audience from frame one till the end. And uh, everybody thinks he had this huge budget, but it's not true. When we talked to, to him, he spent like a hundred bucks on the whole thing. He he turned one of the rooms into his house, into that call. He was just very creative and was creative in how he used the resources that he had at his disposal. Yeah. So the attitude you have is, is the right one to have. That's one that I think leads to success. And it's one that I always had was, you know, not looking at someone and going, oh, look what they did. Well, they had an Alexa. You know, right. you know it's like, who cares? if they had an Alexa like you can give me an Alexa and Roger Deakins like the fifth generation iPhone and his is going to look a thousand times yeah better. we just <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean we just went to a film festival and there was a lot of great films there but you know you look at there was one film that really stood out to us uh, aesthetically anyway story is you know they're all subjective but this aesthetically one really stood out and another one was like okay exact same camera for me it's like how, how can I make this camera how can I trick people into thinking it's a red or or maybe even an elect you know an Ari, Ari. of some sort of some sort? Um, and that's the challenge for me from an aesthetic standpoint, you know, and how I'm composing my frames and how I'm lighting my things and how what shots I'm choosing and the pacing that I'm choosing and like all that stuff goes into it. It's not just grab an Alexa Mini and go. So, yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and and as you go, like for me, gear has become less and less. You know, we talk about I'll take an Alexa Mini <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, you know, a great example is we just shot 
the biggest short film I've ever done with the biggest crew I've ever had, the most money put into the thing that I've ever put into it, uh, you know, the most complicated project I've ever done. And we shot it on a Canon C200, not yep. an Alexa, not a Red, not yep. even a C300. It was a C200. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons I went out to Canon asking if they'd be down to jump on board and help us out with it is because I just thought the idea of doing something like that with a sub $10,000 camera when people were going to assume it was an Alexa would just mm-hmm. be like, you know, a really great message and kind of practicing what I preach because I just don't I just don't care if it's an Alexa, if it's in a red. I never watch a movie and look up, huh, I wonder what camera they shot this on. At best, I'll be curious about the lens because lenses do way more to the image for me than agree you know, 100%. 100%. Um, yep. Yeah. So the lenses we shot the film on mattered to me. But uh, the camera itself, it was like, you know, with the right talent, knowing your tool, knowing its limitations, it's just about, okay, here's the camera. How do I pull out the image I want? Not, you know, although you said how to make it look like an Alexa and a Red, and that's all fine and everything. But for me, it's not how to make it look like a more pro camera. It's how do I get the image that I want out of this tool to get my audience to feel the way about this moment that I want them to. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thinking on every level from pre to post production. The thinking is how do I engage my audience in the exact, how do I thread that needle of emotion with my audience? And it's thinking about that across the board from the sound to the visuals. It's just everything, uh, the actors, how they even look at each other. It's all the same thing, really just different avenues of it. So, you know, I, that's something we've tried to to steer our audience away from thinking about, you know, this camera, that camera, and more how do we get, you know, that engagement from the audience, uh, from the the that audiovisual, you know, the yeah. across yeah. the board standpoint, instead of thinking of it in terms of it's just an iPhone. It's like, great, it's an iPhone. So how do we like emotionally convey with what this thing can do? Uh, you know, what we're trying to, to our audience. Yeah, I do think it's important to know the strengths and limitations of the tools you're using. Oh, yeah. An iPhone's, yeah, a, perf- an iPhone's a perfect example. If you know that your iPhone doesn't have great latitude, so you got to watch those highlights and, and everything. So you can you can gear your, your approach towards that. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, you know, if you're shooting on an iPhone, okay, we'll try to shoot outdoors, you know, have a lot of light. Uh, or shoot something very stylistic to where you can make it really grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that. That's like my main thing. It's like, okay, does this have a lot of limitations? All right, this it's an iPhone, so it has a lot of limitations. Right. Okay, so mm-hmm. what can we shoot with a lot of these limitations? Um, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do audio. You know, unless I had right. external. <laughs> you know, recording. Um, we did one sketch a while ago where we shot the whole thing on an iPhone, and we did. We even did the audio straight into the iphone and it was just such pain in the ass <laughs> was yeah. so the one with the, the, the uh the trees indoors is that that one uh it's no it's the one where um uh justin is trying to do a magic trick oh yeah, yeah. It, like okay. the vein in his head pops yeah 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 and we didn't tell anybody we were shooting on an iphone because we wanted to try to make a point mm-hmm. and uh and it worked out because everyone in the comments if you go read the comments are talking about you know how they they liked how it looked oh is this a new camera is this a new lens nobody was like hey this looks like garbage compared to your other shorts right. no mm-hmm. one right uh and then the next episode we got to reveal like hey guess what it was an iphone um but <laughs> 
But even still, on that next episode, they're like, yeah, but it's on an expensive tripod. It's, <laughs> yeah. expensive it's like every time, there's always someone. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah so how do you, you guys I, had a really expensive lunch before you filmed that, so yeah. you were ready to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, you're not counting the price of the ground you're standing on. Yeah, your property, hello. Go, yeah, go to the city, find out what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> add that to the budget how do you navigate that i mean um because you know as you get more experience and, and quote unquote better as a filmmaker yet you still kind of want to have a broad reach in film riot how do you kind of balance that um because i know I, I listened to your the podcast episode with josh and you had some really interesting um tidbits in there so listen to that one i mean they're all great but that that one was really interesting to me in terms of the future of film ride and stuff you're getting to a certain level in your filmmaking but you still want to appeal to your diy people even though you now you do have 100 people shoots so how do you how do yeah, you balance I mean, that I, it, it, you know it's just like i think how we've been doing and we're going to do more of it it's like you know we just shot that short um that was you know zero dollars in fact the one before that we only spent i think like 50 bucks on um mm -hmm. with the mask and i think because we had to buy something extra so it was like 30 bucks 50 bucks something like that i can't really remember um so you know i really like that stuff i like shooting without a crew like how free that is how mm -hmm. fast you can move um the the uniqueness of it i'm still trying to find a way to pull that sort of like when I, I shot the short film called proximity and it was because another short film that was like, it was going to end up being like a $300,000 short film. Uh, it ended up falling through last minute. Uh, cause some of the, the main chunk of finances just fell through last minute, which oh, was happens that when you're trying to do something. One? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which, it, you know, that happens when you're trying to do something at that level. It's sure. not uncommon, you know, trying to keep something like that afloat. And last minute it fell through, like literally the Friday before the Monday, we were supposed to start shooting. People were in the air flying to us. My uh, props, uh, a special effects guy was shipping all the props to Ugh. us at that time. Uh, all this stuff, plan, ho everything was set. Hotel. The guy, a guy that worked on Transformers was in Austin building a set out for us. Jesus. It was crazy. We had we had, we had like a hundred person zombie day on one day. <laughs> so it was like we had to like arrange all that. Uh there were people driving from out of state to get in. It was just mad. And then it fell through. And I was just like, oh well, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to immediately call people and be like, here's the thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> which I had warned a couple people because I was like, hey, I'm I'm a little nervous about you know, it's supposed to come through, but it's it, I don't know. This is feeling a little dicey. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like last minute, last minute, but it's Pretty last minute. Uh, pretty last minute. You're like, hey guys, uh, funny story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. Like, well, Justin, who ended up working for me for a little while there, he was one of the ones flying in. So I had to go pick him up from the airport that day. And I pick him up and he gets in my car and I just look at him and go, hey, what's the worst thing I could say to you right now? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh God, who, who, who got hurt? <laughs> yeah, and I'm right. like, all right, well, all right, second worst thing. Um, but, you know, in, in that moment, we were like, you know, we could cry about it on film riot or we could as we've always said get a bigger sledgehammer and just go make something anyway so yeah. with 300 mm -hmm. bucks we went and we made proximity and it's still one, some of the most fun i've ever had making anything because it was just a handful of us only really like three of us <laughs> or four of us maybe at on location were you know filmmakers of any kind 
uh, zero gear. It was like a camera, a mic, and like some reflectors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We drag we we drug around a, a cooler of like water, and then we like would send someone to like a local store, which was like thirty minutes away, to get like sandwich meats for lunch. And uh, we would just have to walk like twenty minutes out into like uh, these acres of nothingness, and then shoot for a little while. There was like nowhere to go to do anything. It was it was crazy. Everybody's like <laughs> ankles were all like cut up because they had all these thorny bushes oh, everywhere man. it was so hot it was like mildly miserable and just the best ever. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah man it was like stuff like that it's like we shot this there's this whole mud fight scene bit mm-hmm. in it and it was just us just really going for it it's, it wasn't like all these you know i mean precautions and everything is great and you know we had our discussion between me and my actors of talking about what's safe what's not looking around the area of course putting that you know, paramount above all else and making sure they were comfortable. Yeah, but, but you have your brothers. You, know, so you don't have to worry about safety. Just tell, yeah, them, tell them to do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't my brother. It was Justin and Todd. So I, I care if they get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but they had this like gnarly fight scene and, and they really went for it. Um, but, you know, if and, and again, we're being safe and people's safety is always most important. To yeah, me absolutely. When we're shooting anything at all. But when you get out into bigger productions with like unions and all this stuff, it can get a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you're shooting with airsoft guns. And before every single like setup, somebody has to go around with the airsoft gun opening up and showing everyone that it is an airsoft gun, which I get it. Um, but uh, so that's like a bad example, because I mean, that's a, you know, something that looks like a gun. <laughs> so sure. it's kind of a big yeah. deal. Uh, but there's, you know, there can be a lot of stuff like that, which is all good stuff. Cause especially when you get a lot of people on set, you want to make sure everybody's comfortable in it. Cause also, you know, it's not like everybody on a smaller, like proximity level, we're all family and friends that trust each other with, you know, our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot easier to be like, Hey, is that cool? Yeah, it's cool. Okay, good. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, just having that sort of atmosphere is just so great to shoot in but again it was like this $300 thing so I'm always trying to figure out how to bring that sort of um, energy into the larger machine um, and I, I think I've found you know bits of ways to do it here and there but it's it's pretty it's pretty difficult when you're like tugging that dinosaur along yeah yeah because yeah. I'd imagine also right I mean the, the whole point of the whole point of uh, starting in film and working up that ladder and building your career, right? As you become more successful, the whole point is for you to be able to do bigger things. And then at the same time, when you do that, you're kind of getting shit on, you know, because you, <laughs> because you got there and it's like, well, what the hell's the point if I can't like, yeah, you're supposed you know, to stay in the, in the trenches with all you're of us, you're stay here with all of us, <laughs> uh, you know? So, I mean, I have to admit at the be- at the beginning, when we were making films, I had that kind of defeatist attitude as well, because you see people with, you know, we're living in an apartment, we can barely pay our bills. And now we live in a house and we can barely pay our bills. But, you know, we never thought we'd get here. And yeah, so but it's like, like- a, gr- a great example like uh, to that is David Sandberg, right? Like he he had an apartment and his wife and a black magic camera and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they made these great short films all in his apartment over and over again in his apartment, in his apartment. Yeah. And he made a couple, you know, really lights out is what did it. Uh, but in his apartment, um, not much to it. All practical lighting, it looks like. Uh, very, very simple. And now he's, you know, on his third feature film, you know, this one being Shazam for DC. You know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's it's such a good example of what I mean by, you know, 
content really is everything. That engagement with the audience really is everything. Um, and the further along I get, the more, you know, I understand that, uh, with even trying to get out to, you know, some of the Hollywood players, it's like, just because it looks like, you know, you shot it for a million dollars doesn't mean anybody's going to care. Mm-hmm. You know, right. did it, did, were they able to latch onto it? Did it show that you have a clear understanding on how to engage your audience? Uh, you know, how to develop your set piece, your pacing. Uh, that's really, you know, that's you as a director. I mean, because, because if you think about it, it's like all this attention is put on making it look so gorgeous, which is great. Um, and you know, the shooting with an Alexa and blah, blah, blah. That's not going to get you a directing gig. Right. No one's going to look at it and go, man, that looked really great. Let's get him to be a director. No, they're going to be like, oh, is he a DP? You know, that's what a DP does. You yeah. Know? yeah. If you I was, I was just going to say, that's, that's a great way to look for a cinematographer, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's easy. It, 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 if you want to be a director, they're looking at what you can accomplish on that level. The mm-hmm. rest, they're just going to wrap this crew around you that's going to do uh, all that other stuff. So it could even have like not the best visual effects. But if you're really engaging me and you're showing that you have a very specific voice and vision and an understanding and delivering that vision to that audience, that's really all you need. Yeah. And it's easy to fall into that trap. When we first started making films, I was so obsessed with the the picture. I wanted to look pretty. You know, I wanted to yeah, look good. Totally. And then the acting, yeah, that'll take care of itself. Sure, whatever. Which I think has helped me out later on. Now that I'm more concerned about the story, I kind of have that to kind of lean on because uh, yeah. I am a very visual director, mainly because I'm the only one that is <laughs> can afford to <laughs> to light our light our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's so easy to fall, you know, because you you may feel insecure about the story. You may feel insecure about yourself. So you're just making sure that try to light it really pretty. So you, at least you have something. And it's like, it's so much more yeah, important to me sure. that the the pacing of the story, do I believe these actors, you know, is this framed in a way, can I hear it well? You know, all these other things. Well, what what started to happen on our, on our shoots was that you would become so invested in making it look good that you forgot to direct. Yeah. And yep. so as an actor and, and you uh, know, I've, I've been there. Yeah. I, I always take the lead in our films for two reasons. I'm an actor, so duh, but also I don't have to pay me. So mm-hmm. I always get the lead because I'm the cheapest actor. So, but yep. I would find myself also, since I'm also wear, uh, wearing so many hats, that we'd be in the middle of shooting and I'm like, I need direction. Yeah. And I'm not and getting like, direction. Well, I'm hanging a light. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so. <laughs> is this not, is this good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so you're like, and it's, and it's, especially difficult for me because I write all our stories. So it's like, I need the outside perspective. And so I'm playing the part and I'm like, am I, is this right? Is this looking good? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and he was so busy doing so many things. That was kind of what sort of forced us to make less films per year and make, so like, instead of making three films per year, mm-hmm. we'd make one because we'd have to put all of our money into actually paying a sound person and gaffers to do all that work because mm-hmm. that's great. It's great to learn how to do all that stuff. And and, uh, and we're huge advocates for that. You got to learn how to do all that stuff. But there there comes a time where you've got too many hats on mm-hmm. and now other things start yeah. to suffer and you have yep. to go like, okay, do we want to make three mediocre films or make one really good one? Let's make three really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just win the, let's just win the Powerball and just yeah. do it all. But yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I think... To to the point before is when you have your equipment, what are the limitations of that specific camera? Because there's limitations on everything, right? It doesn't matter how expensive that camera is. Every camera has its limitations. And so since we work together as a team, I'll never write a story that I know is going to be a pain in the ass to film. 
a specific scene, let's say. I'm mm-hmm. not going to. I'm not going to have a scene be completely practically in the dark because I know that's going to be a nightmare for us to light, you know, and make look dark while mm-hmm. still having light. You know, so you just kind of have to say like, okay, what can we do with what we have? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I can completely relate to that. And I, I mean, you know, as a writer, I'd love to go like, okay, so we're in this Gothic church in Scotland Right. Here's the reality. That's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> that is not yeah. in the budget. How so about, turn a, bedroom how into about a, a shed church. in yeah. someone's yard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exterior space shuttle. Yeah. Space. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, there was a point where I was kind of writing this sci-fi script and I was like, we were trying to no, figure out how to build a spaceship yeah, in the backyard. I was backyard, like, there's yeah. no way we're going to be able to afford to do this in the studio. And we were like, how do we build the spaceship in the yard? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's technically yes, our property. It. We can do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm going to be like the bad influence. I'm just like, go do it. We're going to build we're gonna the ship. Show up, we're going to find you. We're going to show up in your doorstep. So be like, so we lost our house. <laughs> yeah. But we got the spaceship. Like, oh, <laughs> we'll take the upstairs oh, that, room. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have the spaceship though? Yeah. yeah. It's in the back of the van. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one of the things that I really um, kind of draws me to Film Riot, and I've talked about this a little bit before, was I feel like people, I, I like to share my knowledge. If I learn something, I want, I'll tell everybody, that's great. Look what I learned. This is awesome, right? But there's so many people that feel like they need to hold on to that information where Film Riot is just like, you know. It, the, it's transparent. The, yeah. And even like in the beginning, when you had that initial bumper, or the initial intro, you're like, I, I want to be a filmmaker too. Let's figure it out. And you're figuring it out together. So yeah, what exactly. you're learning, you know, I have a bunch of, I have a series of, you know, things that I'm just starting to do, you know, teaching myself better lighting and all this sort of stuff. So while I'm doing that, I'm documenting the process so all right here's a scene over here i want to light the scene this way and i want to get this emotion out of it so i'm going to try and we'll see what happens and then we document it and maybe it works maybe it doesn't and to that i think it's just as important to know what not to do as as it is to know what to do so i just love the fact that you guys like you know whatever you guys know you you want everyone else to know sharing is caring sharing is caring yeah sharing is caring yeah it's like twofold i mean i understand with some of the people because it is um, it can be like a weird tightrope walk because, you know, it's, uh, I do have a career that I'm trying to progress and progress outside of, you know, this level of things into doing features on my own, but also doing features, you know, in the Hollywood system. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately you do have to be like mildly cautious with some things and uh, showing some things with some people. And I, and I, so I get that. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I just do it anyway. And it's well, just like, you know, this is me and I'm totally happy to say, man, I don't know, but I do know this and I do know that, and, yeah. but this, I don't know. And so to do some stuff and to be that open, there is a level of, I don't know that has to come out and that can be damaging. And then on top of that, there is the idea of, you know, showing your secret sauce off and then people emulating that. And we definitely see a lot of that. Like a lot of, you know, I come across something and I'm like, Oh, they for sure watch film riot, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and where you can just, you can see your own voice in other people's work. And then yeah, you do you a little, the, oh, but yeah, maybe, the, maybe I'm being like egotistical or ridiculous. And then you kind of do a little digging and you're like, Oh no, yep. They're a fan of film, riot. So, yep. which is really cool and awesome that the show influences in that way. But I think that's why some people like another reason, some people might be a little like uh, leery about doing that sort of thing is they're very protective of their voice, but I don't think anybody can really, 
really have our voice. You know, it's right. Uh, yeah. we, I think they, I see the influence, but I also see them. So, you know, and I mean, in my work, you see the influences of the, you know, the filmmakers I love, uh, but, you know, I don't have their voice at all. Right. Uh, I have mine. Um, and, you know, because I've, I've said it a ton before, your voice is just the collection of things that make you, you. Right. And you know, no one has those collection of things, those exact collection of things. So, uh, as long as you're, you know, just being honest to your own filmmaking, how you tell stories, how you see the world, how you see the story, this character, um, and how you want to express it. And you're not trying to be someone else. Like your, your voice is always going to be unique. I call it the uh, video copilot effect. Because, right. Because exactly. everything back in the day, not so much now, but back in the day, the minute that dude released a tutorial and I, I was right there with everybody, everybody. you know, yeah. watching the tutorial, you'd see 50 animations that looked exactly like that. Now, and for, then for, people would put it in their reel. I still get yeah. those sometimes where somebody will send me like, Hey, check out my VFX reel. And I'm like, dude, that's Andrew's tutorial. That's yeah. not your VFX reel. Yeah. And I, like, I, you can't, you can't use somebody else's work. for yeah. your reel. It was always so important to me to take, like I would, you know, work along with the tutorial to learn what he's teaching. But it's always so important to me to take what he's teaching and do something interesting with it, do something different with it, do something cool with it. Totally. One thing that always helped me with that stuff, because I used to watch Andrew um, way back in the day before I even started Film Right as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I always talked about it on Film Right. I always called him like the godfather of After Effects. Sure. Uh, but because, he, you know, he's how I learned After Effects too. But the one thing that helped me is like, I have the ADD. So it's like my attention span, not super long. So <laughs> at best, I would get through like half of one of his tutorials and i'd be like i'm just gonna figure the rest out myself yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and i just turn it <laughs> off and go do me. my It'll own thing yeah i'll figure it out yeah it's just like because it's like oh i don't want to watch anymore i want to do and then i just go and plus i just, I, don't, I just can't bring myself like even like i play a couple of instruments and i have a lot of friends who love to learn other people's songs and they want to be able to play the songs perfectly mm-hmm. and i just i get so bored with that i don't yeah. want to play someone else's song i don't want to recreate someone else's visual effect i don't want to make someone else's movie i want to make my movie i want to make my song Mm -hmm. and that's kind of always been my thing even just like playing the guitar just for fun i'm not you know in a band i'm not trying to be a musician but i just play for fun and i still just want to make up my own songs (laughs) (laughs) yeah well like i I don't play super well but i play for (laughs) me neither you're the world the world's okayest guitar player i am uh, <laughs> one thing that I noticed um, that that we actually have in common, which is is pretty is pretty funny, is that um, we sort of when when I write, I generally ch- tend to go in a, a darker sort of drama thriller kind of stuff. If I had my way, yeah. and I had my finances, yeah. I would be totally like Shutter Island Islanding. Yeah. Would you say? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that. you can verb that. I sure. would Shutter Island the shit out of films, you know, because that I love you're, that kind you're of thing. Speaking my language, <laughs> I have a current, I have a current pitch where um, one of the references is Shutter Island. Uh, yeah. That film to me, it, it gets dogged on so much, and you know, I, I hate going by freaking ratings because that's so. Anybody subjective. who hates on that movie, I'm just like, we can't be. Yeah, I know. It's almost like I don't know. To do with you because that film was so awesome. It was so, good. so good. It was yeah, yeah. so good. And so as soon as I we watched that film, I was like, well, I've I'd read the book. And um and then we watched I watched the film and and um it was the first book that that the the adaptation that the film adaptation was really close. You know, usually it's like, ah, they left a whole bunch out. You know, it was pretty darn close. And Aside from being in awe that it was such a great film, I was partially angry that I didn't think of it. <laughs> I just thought that's when you know the film's good. <laughs> right. I was like, Damn it. "Oh man, I hope that I write something like this one day because this is amazing." And so, you know, on when we make our films, 
and when I write, I that's my preference. But anytime we do skits, we kind of always go the comedic route. And yeah. I noticed, yeah. like, so you know, weird. so like Film Riot, it's kind of the same thing. Like your skits, like we still we still uh, walk around saying uppercut the butt. That's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the shirt. It says uppercut the butt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it's like skits are so there. There's almost an ease to to being able to throw in a comedic feel to skits. Yeah. Um, and and our, we've done. Oh, God, I've, I lost track. I don't know. We've done maybe eight, nine movies now, eight or nine shorts yeah. of which one was a comedy and one which was a dark comedy. And I feel like people are they're, they're They like comedy. Right. Oh, I have people say that to me all the time. Why don't you write stuff that's not so depressing? And. Write something funny, but I don't mind writing comedic stuff, but it's just not what I love doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like comedy in like short bursts. I yes. like bite-sized comedy. Um, and, and it's just, it's more, it's fun. We have to do it all the time. So if we were doing like depressing stuff all the time, that'd be hard to live in. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it's like you said, there is an ease to doing comedy for the person who can you know, who it comes easy to. So comedy has always been something that kind of just, I mean, when, when I write our sketches, I kind of, I, I think I've talked about it before. I ad lib write them. I call it, mm-hmm. I just write it straight through. And then that's that, that's what we shoot. And right. I usually just make it up as I go. There's no set plan. It's like, Oh, we're going to do this effect. And then I just go and I'm like, okay, and I write a script. Um, and then, and then we just shoot it. So it's all this very off the cuff ad lib sort of thing. And you know, that can work within that genre, any other genre, that's not really going to work exactly, so well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you have to spend a, a, a little more time there. And, you know, that's the stuff that uh, I want to do. So I take it a lot more seriously. Like, I don't I don't have any comedic feature ideas. I, I have I had one before, but it's not really something that I think I ever want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I would produce it, but it's just, you know, the idea of doing a comedy, spending that much time doing a comedy just not, does not appeal to me. I like comedies. I just don't want to make them. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. someone so else to it's do like, it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's more of a passion. So if, I, if I'm going to do it, I want to be able to spend time and dive into it and really do it. Yeah. Um, where and, and, you know, the comedy especially, it makes a lot more sense for what we do we want it to be fun and lighthearted and have our person and that's that's our personality like in the sketch and stuff you know that that goofiness it, yeah that's our actual person that's how we actually joke exactly around. yeah so yeah. we yeah so we wanted the show to very much be an extension of us and and to try to you know let people into who we are and and build that community and everything so if we're doing like this dark like serial killer thing like every week it's gonna like hmm. yeah. whereas for me <laughs> I think I dive into the it's it's been something that I've analyzed for a really long time because uh some friends and family are like what is wrong with you like why is everything so dark all the time whenever you do something mm-hmm. I'm like well I don't know because it's the exact opposite of my personality exactly. yeah, yeah. Totally. I, yeah yeah that's that's so funny that that people we're say such goofballs but we yeah. love writing really dark Yes I like that for yeah. the skits in our day to day we're such silly asses you know but when we <laughs> right. you know when when we're working on something post production filming it uh, pre-production rather filming it and then post-production is taking up months of our life i feel like the comedy would get dry for me i yeah. would you know because yeah. as, as is when you're when you're doing so many things it's <laughs> i'm sick of a film before i've even filmed it because we've been working on it for so long i'm like oh god okay and that's kind of that's kind of something that mm-hmm. that uh that's our struggle is that once we finish a film we're like we want to make the next ready film. for the next one yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's sure. like, oh no, we're supposed to still try to sell this yeah. one. Oh, it's got, like, gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotta go tell people this is great. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. I just want to make the next one great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, it's like, you know, why do you make dark stuff? And it's like, uh, I, I kind of I've landed on something that makes sense. Is just you know, I don't I don't understand that side of the world. I don't understand like you know because life's not that, perfect. That level of right. That I don't understand the 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 level of selfishness that can come in with people. The level of like inflicting pain on others that can mm-hmm. come into people. I just don't, I can't comprehend it at all. So I, I think it's just my way of exploring it of like, you know, wrapping my head or processing that and, you know, expressing, you know, myself w- with those things. Cause it's just something that I just don't, Yet. So that's the only thing that has made sense to me that I gravitate towards those things because it's my way of processing it and expressing myself about it. Like even proximity really was about men becoming monsters. Like what can make a man a monster and can mm-hmm. a good man be a monster? Because what they do in there is the worst thing you can do. They, they take a life. And, um, you know, I was very focused on, I didn't want somebody to die Marvel wise. Like, you know, somebody dies and then you're like, yeah, anyway, so he's dead moving on. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I wanted yeah. it to be like, you feel it, you know, that's why the mud fight scene is, uh, I tried to make, um, uh, mildly disturbing. Um, because it's, you know, you, even if he's a bad guy, you know, someone just died, you know, that's not okay. You shouldn't feel okay about that. You should feel really bad about that. And, and not only that, what it's doing to this guy who has been put into a corner and forced to do this thing. So it's like, he's doing a monstrous thing, but does that make him a monster? And that was very much like sort of, um, the ideas and things I was playing around with proximity because I just think those things are are so interesting, and often I'm I'm doing it not in the way of like literally murder. Like Tell is a guy kills you know his girlfriend, right? right. And mm-hmm. what's behind that short um, thematically isn't actually murder. It's more of you know what we do to each other on a normal basis. You know, like mm-hmm. somebody cheating on someone else or whatever it is. You know that because that's kind of like you know a murder in a way if you think you know because the afterwards there's a death of right there's a death of something there's a grieving of something there's the guilt that sets into the other person and doesn't want other people to know and so the film is wrapped in this whole idea of looking at the person that could you know do something in my opinion monstrous to someone else even not at the scale of murder but you know something that does alter another person's life and they've done it so selfishly and inconsiderately um you know often without empathy and does that make that person a monster and can i relate to that person can i understand that person and you know do they even feel guilt about this thing you know so exploring those things i think is why i'm drawn to it Mm -hmm. um i do have a couple of lighter ideas but it's like (laughs) A kid's film, but it's like a kid's horror film. Right. <laughs> so, That's awesome. it's like, <laughs> so it still has like that dark edge to it. Um, I don't know. I Now I've rambled for sure. <laughs> so I, I have a question I'm curious about. Shoot. Okay. As your career progresses, do you find that doing something like Film Riot is helpful or hurtful because on the surface I would think well clearly that's helpful he's out there but then I wonder if you're look, talking to actual Hollywood bigwigs if they would look down upon a quote unquote YouTuber and obviously your your skill would speak for itself but I wonder if that is something that people would uh, judge because well, there can be ego sure yeah I think it's totally neutral um, okay. I don't know if that's the case for everyone but uh, for me uh, you know there's uh, some stuff behind the scenes right now um that I would love to be more specific about, but I just, I just can't. Um, and 
you know, a lot of the people that I've talked to out there have, ne- have never even heard of Film Riot. They're like, they're like, oh, you do, oh, you do a show too. What is it? You know, okay. um, <laughs> and when when I go on sets and and uh, like when we did uh, Ballistic, um, half the people and I didn't hire. I had a producer out there that was just hiring people. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody knew who film what Film Riot was on set. Right. But then when you get into the executives and the producers and all that stuff. Not so much, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a show really made for them. And also, you know, they're not hunting down how to YouTube shows about right. filmmaking. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's not a thing. Um, but, you know, on sets, uh, a lot of people know about Film Riot and it's all a cool thing. It's like, oh, hey, I used to watch you when, before I do this and now I do this. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's more of a cool, like, what's up <laughs> sort of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely I not Film a Riot when it was cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I would assume that like, you know, five, six years ago, probably six or seven years ago, um, it would be looked at as more of a negative on sets of like, oh, you do YouTube videos. But like Will Smith has a channel, you know what I mean? The Rock has a channel. Like it is a viable, like respected thing now of people understand like, oh, you were able to gather this audience together. Like you have. Yeah. So it's not what it used to be. Whereas like when I started, it was like, what do you do? Is I make a show for <clears throat> YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, oh, I do a show for YouTube. I think like, chance, oh, really? Yeah, I think yeah, chance, so chances are it, if you're making a YouTube show like a film ride or something like that, that you are actively doing something, you know, in, yeah, in regards and, uh, to a, a lot career of the shows, anyway. A lot of the shows, ours doesn't, but a lot of the shows are owned by these massive companies who have all these shows. They're basically NBC and, you know, ABCs of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we started with and we're partnered with one still, but they just really help us get our sponsors and stuff like that. That's it. But I've always owned my show. Yeah. Um, e- even when we were. Even in revision with, three days. Uh, yeah. I always, that's always been a rule of mine. If I don't own it, I don't do it. Yeah. Um, obviously yeah. if I go out to like doing a studio film, that rule will have to be broken. I will break my one rule. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> on this level of things, it's always been, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't do it. And I pretty much stick to that unless it's something that I'm like doing. like, you know, my buddy Seth comes to me and he's like, Hey, I'm doing a thing. Do you want or, you know, client work they get hired for or whatever. But if I'm going to do a passion project that I know I'm going to like slave over like film riot, well, that that's going to be mine. You know, that, yeah. that would right. just be crazy. Yeah. That'd just be crazy. Um, but yeah, no, like, uh, you know, managers, agents, producers, execs, the, all of those people that I've talked to, uh, I don't know that any of them knew what film right was until they hunted it down because they found X and then they looked into me more and then they found that and they're like, oh, that's cool. Um, but even when I explain it to them, all of them have the response has all been the same. Like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, what is that now? Like, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Because I mean, I don't, you know, especially if you have an audience or more work, they're just looking at it as like, oh, so you have an audience that we could market to. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't have an audience, it's like, yeah, who cares? That's cool. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody's going to care. It's, do you have talent? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to care if you went to film school at all. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. are you a good filmmaker or are you not? Do, well, you, know, do you have solid work or do you not? That's actually something that we've talked about on the show. Um, you know, we, we never, we never want to come all, across as anti film school. We've did an entire episode where we're like, if you can go to film school and you have the resources and you want to go, go great. Yeah. But there's pros and cons to everything. And just cause you can't go to film school doesn't mean you can't do this. Right. It's just a different yeah. approach. Uh, you know, we, we didn't go to film school. We just kind of learned learn as we go, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, 
that's just kind of how it's how it's worked out. And and I think yeah, I think that, we learned you know, on film right, so our success is st- strictly based on that show. <laughs> royalties, <laughs> oh, yeah. royalty straight oh, no. to Mr. Connolly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds really great. Yeah, I mean, for film school, it's like over half of my friends that are in the industry doing big things did not go to film school. Um, which is not like you said, it's not to say I went to film school. Um, you know, somebody I consider a mentor went to film school and you know, if you can dedicate your time to that and especially go to one where you'll be able to network with, uh, good like-minded people. So you're smart about the place that you're going. I, it definitely has great value, especially being able to, that's the main thing I loved about film school for me was, um, you know, throwing out all distractions and for the time that I was there, that's what I did. You know, that was mm-hmm. you know, my every waking moment. I didn't, I got a student loan, <laughs> which took forever to pay off, <laughs> but I got a student loan and, uh, um, you know, so I didn't have to work. So all I did from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed was figure out this thing called film, right. That I wanted to do. Uh, and, and uh, you know, just being able to focus in like that. And, and if you go to the right school, being able to have access to, you know, gear, uh, that you didn't usually have access to to start you know toying around with that as well to get your head around the buttons and how they work and what all the each uh, departments do and you know being able to do the the student films where you get to you know just be a grip or a yeah. pa or everything understanding every single role because you're doing all these different films and you're fluctuating between the jobs you get to understand them um yeah i think there's huge value in that but uh, you especially nowadays, you absolutely don't need it. I mean, you got uh, you know, shows like ours for sure, but you also have stuff like Masterclass and MZ yeah. and mm-hmm. Shane Hurlbut's stuff, and it's just everywhere now. Whereas when when we started Film Right, I started Film Right because there was nothing. Right, right. The only thing out is you had Andrew Kramer doing After Effects tutorials, um, just screen capture After Effects tutorials, which was amazing. But that you know, that's what he does. And then you had like. Indie mogul <clears throat> who at the time they were like, you know, admittedly not, you know, they didn't go to film school or anything like that. They did like props and, you know, they figured. So it was like, man, there's nothing really that's filling this sort of thing that I wish existed even just for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then a friend was just discouraged because he couldn't go to film school. And I was like, man, I could, I could probably start something where it was just like honest. And I had, I was like four years out of film school at that point, four or five years out of film school. I was running uh, a production, um, studio for Alienware. So, you know, I had a good amount of experience under my belt, uh, so I was like, man, we could just, well, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, I mean, that's it just why made a lot we, of sense. Like we kind of started doing, we did this podcast was because, you know, and, and no disrespect to all the podcasts out there, but it's like, we would listen to a podcast, right? And they'd be like, this is an independent hey, I have film a podcast. Or <laughs> and so we'd get all into it. And then they'd sit down and be like, yeah, we only had like a $500,000 budget. We're like, son of a bitch. Like, what? Are you kidding me? You know? So, oh, and, and it's like, that's great for you, but, what are we supposed to do with that? You yeah. know, like I, I want to spend 500 grand on a short film. That makes my heart. <laughs> oh my hurt. God. I, we, I, have I would just seen make some the feature that at that point. Like, I can't believe how much gets spent on, on stuff. And, and yeah, I guess I, well, about once you before. get into like the brand world, what? once you get into the brand, once you get into the brand world, you start getting into like million dollar short films and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, people justify anything for you know if they have the money they'll just spend whatever they have you know mm-hmm. and that's how much that that sure. short cost but um you know i just when we would listen to people's budgets we're just like where 
sometimes you'd wonder, well, where the hell did it go? Yeah. You know, Can like, I has? Yeah. Look, where did it, you know, you watch the film and you're like, where did all that go? And then, you know, the end credit, uh, end credit comes out and you're like, all right, there's 14 gaffers. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and there we go. How do yeah. we consolidate this, guys? You know, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The great crafty. Everybody's got a trailer. You got yep. every Seriously. light you can imagine. You got moon balloons. You got yeah. every piece of gear you can imagine. You know, it's like we you got, got people shuttling got, like, people. A super expensive camera, but we didn't have enough for better lenses in the budget. Well, listen, <laughs> knock yeah. off one of those trailers, get better lighting and lenses, and you can work with a camera that's way cheaper. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's interesting and crazy how how much more difficult it gets with every extra dollar you get. It's like you know, uh, I've, I've even talked to people recently talking about budgets for certain things, and it's like once you get to a certain budget, it's like it doesn't really matter if it's one to four million. You're kind of it's really difficult. Like once you hit a certain budget yeah. point. Um, you know, things just get harder because the, all the pay scales raise and then, you know, you got more to uh, logistically that you have to worry about. And, you know, so it, it gets a lot more difficult. The more people you have and, okay, now we're at this location. Oh, it's this middle of nowhere location. Awesome. Easy. No, it's not. Where's everybody <laughs> going to park? How are they going to get there? They can't park over here because there is no parking lot. So we got to park them way down there, which means we have to get a shuttle system, which we're going to have to have at least two buses. We have to have a whole comm system for all of that and an idea of how to pull this off we got to get all the signs there so everybody knows what it is we got to figure out the bathroom situation i was just gonna say my first question is we're in the middle of nowhere where's the bathroom yeah <laughs> Bath- yeah the bathroom situation the food situation the water situation like it just it gets so complicated it really is putting on this like whole you know like army move you know so it makes sense that a lot of these like coordinators are very much like generals and it's like yeah yeah because yeah, you got a whole army you're worrying about yeah, and time yeah. is money, so <laughs> let's move it along. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because we watched all the um, behind-the-scenes that you did for, for Ballistic, Ballistic. Yeah. You know, and... It, and much like, like you, I'm a behind-the-scenes junkie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love and, it. And we just, like, I just remember watching it, like, being overwhelmed for you. Yeah. You know, because it's just, <laughs> just like, I don't know what I would do with all those people. That's all I kept thinking was, like, we've never, you know, our sets are, like, cast and crew six yeah. <laughs> if we're lucky and i yeah. was like oh my god what do you do with all those people i, I mean ho- it's I an interesting know thing day, because you have you know your keys who manage their departments and you discuss with them and they're you know they're your allies and you know helping you through everything um but yeah you gotta you gotta know what's going on you know you gotta know what's going on with everyone and I like to stay in the thick of it. And, you know, if everybody's working, I like to kind of be, you know, I never sat down. I never sit down. If everybody's up and working, well, I'm standing too. And I could be working on the next, what's the next shot going to be and making sure I'm going through things. So I have everything in my head. Do I need to talk to my actor? This is people. So, and also keeping everybody moving fast, keeping a really good energy and, um, uh, uh, just attitude going on set too. That's like a big part of your job. But I mean, you know, knowing what everybody's doing, you know, you generally know what everyone's doing, but you have those keys that are there, uh, those heads of departments that are, they're running their people, not you. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going around talking to every cameraman. I'm talking to my DP. Um, and then I'll go around checking every shot, but I'm going around checking every shot with my DP and then he'll handle, you know, all of that. He'll handle the gaffer and, and all that stuff. I don't, I don't talk to, to them about, you know, the work, you know, we, you know, we talk just cause hi, how you doing? But right. I'm not telling him, Hey, get a, get a solid over here and do that. You know, if I, if I have a thought like that, that I want, I'm, I'm going to say that to my DP and he's going to handle like, Hey, this glare here is bothering me. Can you, can you handle that? Yeah. Um, 
So it's it's madness uh, for sure, but it's madness because there's a thousand questions coming at you constantly. There's mm-hmm. never not a question and you have to have answers Um or at least, you know, you have to have a perspective. You have to have a vision. You have to have an understanding of what you want the scene to be. So there are times where I'm like, hey, here's what this moment has to be. Um, here's what I want my audience to be feeling. This, you know, this is what's going on with the characters. This is what's going on in the moment. Here's how it fits in the scene. Here's how it fits in the film. Um, what do you think? Like, that's fine. And then my DP, Chase, would come back with, hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? And then now he's giving me options and I can, you know, easily, you know, with these different shades, I can be like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we're not going to go handheld here. That's I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But I do like what you said about, you're right, it should be lower because of this. Yes, let's do that. We'll go lower. We'll go, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that lens over here. Perfect. Let's do that. Yep. Just um, a good communicative so, working relationship. Yeah, and it's just taking one step, you know, in front of the other. You have a you you have a hundred problems to solve. Well, okay, let's work on the first one. It's solved. Second one solved. Third one solved. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like you're not. I think that's some people's problem. And you know what made me so nervous about it before time is like thinking about it and looking at it from the outside, looking in. You're looking at the thousand problems to solve. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> but it's you know, it's a it's a straight line, and you just you take one step and then another and then another. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Uh, I've been honest about this on the show before and I think in the podcast as well like you know I dry heaved before the first shoot day you know so (laughs) it's just crazy it's just all these people and you know all this money and all this time and effort and we were only even able to do it uh, at the level we were able to because it should have cost like I don't know it was like at least three times what we spent on it Mm -hmm. but it's because so many people were donating their time like Mm And and I was even trying, like, I had budget for, like, my DP, my editor, my stunt coordinator. I'm like, hey, man, here's what I have that I can pay you. And all of them were like, no, keep it. Put it back into the film. Put it on the screen. So as everybody was just super passionate about it. I really, really lucked out with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we were able to do all the practical stuff we were able to do and all the craziness we were able to do. And But that just stacked on the pressure because I was like, man, they're believing in the project. They're right. believing yeah. in me. <laughs> to follow this you know so it gets you know and you just want you care about the project and the story already so you're so terrified that not that i'm gonna go in there and not know what i you know that's never a uh, thought that i'm gonna stand there and everybody's gonna think i don't know what to do is that man i'm gonna screw this up and in the end i'm gonna screw up the story that i know could have been great and i'm gonna screw up this project that everybody was counting on you know that's what really gets to me is that today's episode you know, has the, been brought to you by self-confidence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's not <laughs> yeah. uh, but that that's like that's the main pressure and the main stress for me is like you you want to do justice to the story and you want to do just, justice to the story for yourself and for the whole crew that's believing in it yeah. um so that it's really what's interesting is at least for me it's really really heavy this just all this weight until i'm behind the monitor and cameras are up and then it just all goes away i forget completely just everything about it and i immerse entirely into the story that we're telling and it's all go and there's mm-hmm. zero like nervousness or stress there's not even a thought behind it all it is is this has to be that that has to be this then it's just like uh oh this has to be just like this it has to be just like this perfect the shot was great great move okay moving on uh you know what i mean it's just um it becomes like this hyper focus and i've talked to a lot of other you know filmmaker friends and they all say the same thing which i i think is really interesting which is all to say um 
it it seems i think a lot worse than it is and if you put in the time to build your experience um to where you know you have that toolbox i'm always talking about on our show of ideas and solutions to where you know you made a ton of short films with zero dollars and you had to figure out how to make something work when there was no gear and there was no crew mm-hmm. you just had to figure it out anyway um those solutions and those answers are going to come rapid fire that you forgot you even had in the back of your mind. Uh, I came up with a lot of <laughs> DIY guerrilla filmmaker sort of solutions amidst the hundred person crew yeah. Yeah. because yeah. You know, things always go wrong. You know, things are always going to go wrong always. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you, if you, if you spend the time, building your experience before you try to throw yourself into the deep end. Uh, you know, it makes it a, it makes it a lot better for everyone. I think that, that, that's what is at least my path. That's why a lot of people over the years have been like, why aren't you making a feature? Go make a feature. Why aren't you making a feature? I'm like, not yet. And even said on the show, like not ready yet. And people are always like, well, you're never ready. <laughs> you're yeah. never ready to get married. And I'm like, of course you're never ready to get married because you, you don't know what that's going to be, but you're definitely not ready to get married when you're 16. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now that I'm like 25 and I, I, I kind of know who I am and I have, you know, a good job and I got, you know, the decent savings out. Now I can get married. Now I'm ready enough. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And that's been sort of my thing. Of course, I'm never going to be ready for a film, but I can know that I'm ready enough to, to tell someone honestly, like, Hey, you could, you could stack your chips on me. You know, you could take a gamble on me. There's a yeah. chance I'm going to do this right. <laughs> Instead of there's no chance <laughs> you you put your you, you put your chips on 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 color Ryan and you're screwed. <laughs> but I think there's also some. To be, see, I love short films. Yeah, I, I just love the art of it. I love like, short I love, films. Like you know, you know I, I oh, yeah. maybe one day we'll do a feature. But yeah, we've been making films together for 11 years, and we still haven't done a feature, mostly because it, it's expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, of course. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money, but I just love shorts too. I think they're we're, they're great. We actually had spoken to um, a director Richard Raymond who did Souls of Totality, and um, you know we we're talking to him about. I mean, his short has been so incredibly you successful. To, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I haven't yet, but I'll I'll look it up right after this. For yeah, sure. it's uh it stars Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. Oh, nice! And uh, he fi- he did I think the it's on whole Vimeo film. Now, I, th- I th- yeah, I think you can yeah. view it on Vimeo now. Um, he did the whole film during the last solar eclipse. The yeah, scene takes take. place during. So, like, if you mess cool. up, that's it. You had a hundred years yeah. for yeah. the next Ooh, the stress. next eclipse, and he did a beautiful job of it. And uh, you know, there's there's also something that I notice when that I love talking to to directors and filmmakers that are just super easygoing and down to earth. I know that kind of goes without saying, right? Like nobody wants to talk to somebody that's stuffy. I like assholes. I like assholes. <laughs> I really like talking to douchebags. You're a jerk and I like it. Um, it's kind of like I had to spend my Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, that, that open communication. Wait a second, it's Saturday. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. What, what was your, He's what were you saying? Go, uh, go back to what you were saying. <laughs> uh, nice guy, nice guy. Um, but, you know, there's just like the, that passion that people, you can tell when somebody's just passionate about what they do. Like he was really cool about it. You're really cool about it. It's like, I like making films and that's great. And you make films. Mm-hmm. And I just also want to, I just also want to thank you for, uh, for casting a, your, your lead in Ballistic as a female, I thought that was really awesome because yeah. that most often would have been a male for sure. And 
we were watching. It, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, is it? Oh uh, God, I'm gonna H- Hannah, Hannah Ward, Hannah Ward. Ward. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, oh She's nice. Great. I was like, She's oh great. nice. This is a chick. This is great. Uh, and that, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it, she was just the right person for. I mean, I wrote it for her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I when I called her, I was like, please say yes because I wrote this specifically for you. Um, and it was just like the story <laughs> no was pressure. about her. Yeah, it was like the story just wanted to be about her. And um, gosh, such a badass too, man. Like, yeah, and the behind the scenes, like, she was so game for everything. Yeah, Dude, I, there were I there was, were points I where I was like, away. I would have been tired. Yeah. <laughs> She's being a yeah. trooper. Because I would have been like, listen. And it's like, <laughs> no matter what I threw at her, that girl did not complain, not one time. I actually um, said that when we were watching it. I said, I have a feeling, you know, you don't know, you're not there. But I said, I have a feeling this girl is just like going through it. And totally. that's it. You know? and, yeah. and that's, you know, that that's what I was worried about with like, you know, this film or, you know, proximity is another good example is this, is if the actor in question isn't willing to just do it, mm-hmm. actually freaking do it. Like, man, nobody's going to believe this and it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had the same kind of moments with Hannah as I did with Todd and Justin as, you know, Todd and Justin in, in the mud pit fighting, they were like, how's it going? And I'm like, I don't believe you. I'm like, guys, I need you. I need you to, I need you to go for it. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And the next time I said action, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, Hannah had like one or two moments of that where she was like, how was that? And I, you know, just came and knelt down by her. And I'm like, I don't believe you. This isn't actually happening. I need Mm -hmm. you to go there. And then action. And she went there. And that girl was, there's, if you watch like the end scene, I was just so impressed with her. <laughs> I was just, I would cast her in anything I do ever, forever and ever. <laughs> She's just incredible. She looked like she um, had dirt so far up her nose that it was it, in her sinuses. Dude, yeah. <laughs> she, in, in the end scene, it's in the trailer too. When she's crawling, there's, it looks like smoke coming off her. That's dirt. Dirt. Like yeah, she yeah. was so like covered in dirt. Like her hair looked a different color. She was so covered in dirt. She had cuts and bruises all like that I didn't even know about on the last day when we we're doing kind of some of the smaller moments she kept slamming the gun down with her forearm and uh she she's doing I'm getting the take over and over again cuz I'm not you know I'm getting different angles cuz mm-hmm. I know I want to cut this fast and I want to have different versions of it and she slams it again and and she's like ah she's like oh I don't think I could do that that many more times I'm like what what do you mean what's happening and she pulls her sleeve down and there's this huge baseball sized welt that's fully oh. purple and i was like oh dear g hannah <laughs> i was like what are you doing i was like of course no don't this do that again this is how blood clots form jesus christ yeah. <laughs> but so i'm like no no more we're, we're not shutting it that way anymore i can you know i have plenty we're good yeah and there was this like switch in her eyes of her being like oh no 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 <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. And then she would just keep doing it no matter what. And I would keep being like, Hannah, stop, stop, <laughs> stop doing it. But she's like, no, I feel like you don't have it and you're going to need it. And I'm like, I, ha- I, j- I have it. Stop doing it. She's like, no, I feel like you're just protecting me. And so and she would keep doing it. And I had to keep being like, stop. <laughs> uh, I have it, but you're not going to have use of your arm soon. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, the ground was like 
sharp rocks every it was not comfortable like the, there was no comfort on just like in per- proximity yeah it was as uncomfortable as it looks it, it we didn't make it look harsh it was harsh mm-hmm. and she was just kneeling down in it falling down in it you know of course we're clearing as much as we can and making it you know as safe as we can and we have our stunt coordinator there is making ever sure everything's safe and she was perfectly safe but it is very uncomfortable and miserable and hot and uh and then all of a sudden really freaking cold so now you're sweating and now there's this really cold wind right. like toward the end right. of the day and so it was just it was very uncomfortable and there was not one moment where i even felt like she was ready to complain it was she was just all go all the time whatever the film needs she was she was just incredible shout out to Hannah. if you if you can't <laughs> tell i have a lot of respect for her <laughs> yeah but and that and that's 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 so crucial in it too because i've fallen into that trap as well because i'm worried about what's happening behind the camera as well because it's our film, and so I'm forgetting that I'm in front of the camera, and then I'll watch a take, and I'm like, that sucked. Mm-hmm. I don't believe me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I have to just, like, shut off and be like, all right, I'm, I, I, I have to let go of that control, and he's got whatever's going on back there, and I just have to do my part here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But getting, yeah, yeah, getting that you know, from an actor is, is it, it's, you know, that that's where direction is so incredibly important. Because sometimes yeah. as an actor, you're so like, am get, I going too far? Yeah. And you don't know, because you can't gauge it. Yeah. You don't know what's going on behind the camera, and you need yeah. somebody to be like, tone it down or bring it up. Yeah. 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 If you don't know the yeah, story, exactly. you know, if that story isn't something that you're totally passionate about you're gonna miss that just some subtle cue or something that Mm -hmm. you need in that moment just to sell that and then you're gonna get in the edit and be like this sucks like yeah which inevitably inevitably happens you're like ah damn it i should have got this look or that look and then you just mine the footage we get there's a few like looks or moments in ballistic where we found right before i said action or right after i said action oh yeah that they actually (laughs) just stopped and like looked away or whatever and we totally use that stuff but there's like I've, i've found like there you know it's the one thing you cannot fake is intensity mm-hmm. um, is like, you know, the, the, the part with Hannah, you know, getting those, uh, those triggers to her head and, and getting that, that influx of pain. Yeah. Like she really just had to go to some place. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise that would have been just like, no, she's just yelling, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Um, you know, when, when he, when he's grabbing her by the leg and dragging her, she really had to be fighting for her life mm-hmm. or it's just, no. Um, and that's the, even, you know, across the board, like I was talking to my stunt coordinator, um, and I just kept saying it over and over again. He's like, Ryan, I know I got it <laughs> because I just kept, kept being like, these have to be real hits. Like these have to be real. It has to be gnarly. I want, I want an audience to feel punched in the gut every time we do something. I don't want, you know, I don't want it to feel like we're on wires. I, I know we got it. I'm like, take the fall. Like, I would just want to, I want to hit the ground hard. <laughs> like He's like, I got it. We're doing it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm just making sure. Cause it's just so important to this this piece because it was it's a weird tonal like walk of this sci-fi fantasy but also this grit this realism so uh to to have even like the slightest moment where it's like mm, i don't know you know it kind of just it it, ki- it it kills all the momentum so yeah. was, that was one of my like like big focuses with you know uh the action at least was just trying to have every moment feel as like realistically impactful as possible mm-hmm even even in the fantastic because it was it was still wrapped in fantastic so it was, it was definitely a weird tonal type rope walk yeah there's nothing that takes me out of uh, an emotional scene or an intense scene more than when i can feel like an actor especially uh, a female actor is trying to look pretty 
during oh, a gut-wrenching yeah. moment. I'm like, listen, <laughs> yeah. I, I uh-huh. did that for a while, you know, and it wasn't until maybe like two, three years ago that I was finally like, this is my cry face, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. th- that's just what it is. You know, you, it's this isn't a moment to try to look glamorous right. or, you know, uh, a play, play, about yeah, to look. be self-conscious. I mean, anytime we when we watch a scene and we see somebody going through some shit and you see it on their face, mm-hmm. that's what sells it. They're snot yeah, coming I mean, out their the, nose. Yeah, the, when they're yeah. snot dripping out their nose, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, we, I didn't have time to talk to my makeup and hair team before Hannah got there. So they just whipped something up real quick. And Hannah came out with her face very clean and dirt just on the edges and, and her hair like <clears throat> her hair like done. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. This isn't Fast and the Furious. This is Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go jack her up. I want her filthy and I want her hair in a ponytail. She's messed up. You just She's like picked, up, picked up, this up whole dirt film. and just threw it in her face. Yeah. <laughs> all the time dude i would she would roll around on the ground i'd be like get dirtier and she would just roll around on the ground and just just get dirt everywhere and just because you're having a bad day yeah you know yeah. and i want to believe you're having a bad day uh and you know that's the film it is i mean there's you know you have the marvel movies and stuff where every guy and girl is like gorgeous mm-hmm. you know you have those movies that's my that's not what I make. I make mm-hmm. like the, you're having a bad day. Totally. I make yeah. those movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's important to me that it's, it's not like, oh, look how clearly the dirt is only around her face, not on her face. That right? makes no, me no, no, nuts no. with like the crazy. inconsistency yeah. of scenes where I'm like, okay, so they just got like a, a, a zombie just exploded on their face. And in the next scene, there's like two drops of blood on her cheek. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like her hair is perfect and everything. Yeah. How does well, that happen? Well, it's a movie. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How is Megan Fox wearing white pants through this entire film? Yeah. <laughs> and they're Not fine. A Fake. On them, you know? <laughs> Fake. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. So I, I have an incredibly important question for you. Okay. Okay. Not for you. Oh, damn it. <laughs> for, for Ryan. Damn it. Um, I'll take this one. <laughs> Ryan's got this one. Right. Okay, so as an actor, how do I get you to write a part for me? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a big question. Oh, on the spot. Uh, uh, you guys are where? Are you in the, Texas? I can audition there, right? Yeah. <laughs> New oh, York, Dallas, what, Texas. You're breaking up. I can't see her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going through a tunnel. You must be going through a tunnel. <laughs> uh, I well, can. I take check or bank wire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will teleport to Texas. Okay, we got that. If you could teleport to Texas, I will write it today. Uh, well, oh boy. well, that's a film right there, right? If I, right? That's, yeah. That's a special That's what that's the film's going to be about. <laughs> yeah. We're not even going to make a film. We're going to make a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> the first ever sci-fi documentary. Yeah. No. Hey, listen. This is the first time for everything. That's right. I'm going to get on my teleportation <laughs> skills. Stat. <laughs> well, no, but I, I think, you know, I mean, all jokes aside, I think that, like, you sound like a really cool person to to work with. And that's what's really important. Thanks. Like, you know, as, as as actors, you know, you're always that's always a fear. Like, is this person is mm-hmm. this person gonna have an ego or are they not gonna, you know I think there's a there's a you know, we've ta- obviously talked about this before, but I feel like and not everybody obviously, but I feel like our our industry, quote unquote, uh, does have its fair share of pretentiousness in it. Sure. And, and egos and all that sort of stuff. But what? every, every, every industry, I'm sure it does, you know, it's yeah. not yeah, like, exactly. it's not, that's uh, what I was about to say, you know, but, but for, for me, it's like, because it's, it's artistic in a way, you know, and it's so 
personal when there is any kind of like like there's no way I can have anybody on on my set that's egotistical or or you know anything like that. They're you're you're out. You're done. We're all here to ha- this is this is we're all here to have a good time. We got shit to do. We got to stick to a schedule. We got to get this done. But let's just let's have fun. And you know, if somebody's ruining this for somebody else, then you're out of here. I, I, I can't tolerate that. There's no space for divas here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, really lucky so far with the people that I've worked with. And yeah, that's like a big fear of mine with actors, is, you know, because, um, you know, they're going to say it how they're going to say it. You know, I can't force them to. So if, if they don't want to hear what I'm saying and they want to just do what they're going to do, you know, there's not much you can do about it. So that's like a fear. But uh, thankfully, everybody I've worked with has been wonderful. And, you know, you always have egos that pop up, even with good people. And it's just about, communicating and managing and if you have to you know you know take a pause and go to the side and talk something out that happens it just you know on a a much smaller scale short film small scale um that you know it's a lot easier to navigate that you just don't you just don't straight up don't work with douchebags but if if (laughs) you have like a yeah if you have a massive set you know it's you know it's hard to fully control that thankfully i haven't had any douchebags like straight up douchebags you know there's there's once you're with each other for long enough in really miserable settings you know there's gonna be like little moments of Mm -hmm. you know whatever tension awkwardness whatever but you just squash it you know you communicate um you know Hey, what's going on? Hey, what what do you need from me? Uh, you know that sort of stuff. And I feel like you know, as the director, it being my film, whatever. Um, you know, I lead by example, and then that's also it. Also falls on me to create that atmosphere. And if something's going on, to be a part of the solution to that issue, so we could squash it, become a better team. Mm-hmm. And anytime that that's ever happened, that there's even been the smallest of issues or misunderstandings or whatever, you come together, you talk it out, and the team's ten times stronger for it. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, you know because you create an atmosphere where it's like, hey, it's you know it's okay that you had a little moment there. I mean, it's understandable. This is stressful and uncomfortable, and and uh, you know. It, you know, you can be open. You can be you with me. I'm not going to right. reject you. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's okay. You're not being a douchebag. You just, yeah, at a moment. It's yeah. fine. It's how you um, bounce back from that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I found juggling those things, which I'm, I'm a very like introverted person, believe it or not. I'm not the most like outgoing or, you know, so directing is very opposite to like my mm-hmm. core personality, like what I am on the day to day. Like if I go to a party, I'm probably the guy in the corner, not talking to anybody, not sure what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who what I mean? The weirdo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's, who's the freaking creep in the corner just looking at everyone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless you talk about, if everybody's talking, about movies i'm like oh hello, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> i like this party and somebody's um, but, like you know when you know, it gets on like set sure. it's totally different this party yeah <laughs> i'm out yeah. uh but i've always been like you know you put a you put a camera in my hand and uh everything changes yeah um so it's just yeah it's just a different world sometimes you got to force yourself to do it if you be like kind of an introverted person but um yeah i've found you just you know face everything head on and it's always better for it well i think that we've taken enough of your time because i know you how probably, dare you, you have any more questions over there i Myla? have like a thousand questions but yeah, i realize he has true. a life and he has yeah. to <laughs> yeah he's like okay weirdos that's yeah. enough <laughs> yeah i get it you're fans let's move on <laughs> um no, i do have this is one great. one final question sure um and it's something that i'm sure a lot of people are wondering because i've been wondering it for a long time um intercept 
You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, it's the same answer that I always give to everyone. It's it's not my film. It's Andrew's film. Yeah. And it was going to be a part of a thing we were doing. But uh, I had nothing to do with the film other than, uh, you know, it was going to go on my channel. Um, so there's nothing I can really do about that. Yeah. Uh, I know he works on it here and there, but Andrew's like probably the busiest person i know by far um sure. well please he sits that in he his even... room and makes tutorials once in a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the the fact that he you know took time to yeah, totally. help me with ballistic and and sentinel was just like dude how are you even finding time for this and it's like oh because you're skyping with me at 3 a.m that's how <laughs> right <laughs> okay gotcha so it's just like he slept less to you know to help me out he's just he's an amazing dude yeah uh, but the point is he's doing some insanely cool things uh often that he can't talk about and so you know finishing his little passion yeah. not little passion project is a pretty badass passion project <laughs> actually i've seen a lot of it and it's it's really freaking cool yeah so i hope he eventually finishes it i'm i'm not sure that he will um he might get to the point where he's like eh, i'm just gonna redo this <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. know and, um, we're fine but, with that too <laughs> yeah and, it, and you know it just hasn't happened because andrew is a very ambitious person an insanely talented and sought after person and doing so much just insanely cool stuff yeah. um, it's like well what do i want to do today work on star wars or do intercept i don't know pretty much man like when we were doing when we were doing sentinel um he he calls me up to Skype with me so we could run through VFX that he was working on real quick. And he's like, yeah, I just got off the phone with JJ and now I'm talking to you. And I'm like, oh my God. How do I follow that? <laughs> As one does. Yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the, the dude is doing stuff on the highest possible level. Yeah. So it's completely understandable that, you know, a YouTube short film, you know, keeps having to go to the back burner, even though he, I know for sure he would, he's dying to finish it. Yeah. It just, every time he puts just it to on shut the people front like burner, me up, probably <laughs> <laughs> right. But every time he puts it on the front burner, which I totally understand this as well. Um, especially lately, uh, just every time he puts it on the front burner, he's like, Hey, I'm back at it. I'm doing this and this and this. I'm, I'm going to send you something soon. Um, something comes up and he's like, Hey, never mind. This came up. <laughs> it's like, with, it's within like a day or two. Yeah. So, you know, uh, God, God help him. God help his sleep, yeah, basically, because <laughs> he also has a big family, so he's balancing that as well. Andrew, that's another person I love. Such a good dude. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you. For being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And and you will be on again, yes? Yeah. No pressure. Never. Never. Stop Never, asking stupid-ass questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for talking to us. All righty. Oh, thank you. So we just talked to freaking Ryan Connolly. Ryan freaking Connolly. Did I did I hold my composure? I was trying not to fangirl too hard. Well, luckily you can't see us, so <laughs> that would have been. I was like, hey, can I be in your movie? <laughs> yeah, I want to be. I want to be your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. <laughs> but we really do. No, seriously, it's um, funny because it's true. Yeah, it's funny because it's true. Um, so let's get. Uh, Wait, we have. So yeah. yeah so uh, wait, we, we did we did we did what? not talk. Sorry, but we did not what? talk about the. Did we talk about the film our film fest adventures? No, we did not. Yeah. So we went to the Mystic Film Festival. Mystic Film Festival, which was a lot of fun. Met, met some cool people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. Saw our film, and it seemed to do. It seemed to be received pretty well. People laughed when they with, were supposed to. When they were to, supposed to, they seemed to be laughing all, with it and not at it. That's all I can ask for yeah. as an act as as an actor writer yeah. is that people laugh when they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, yeah, they laughed when they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, so that was fun. 
I I think I, the I Mystic Film Festival. I think this was the first year, but um, this what? Yeah, this I was recommend the, it. It was a fun time. Yeah, it was a fun time. Really, you know, Mystic's it's a, a really nice, nice, yeah, yeah beautiful nice area. area, beautiful area. So, they have a drawbridge. They do, which is awesome. It's very fancy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was cool. Thank you to the Mystic Film Fest for thank you, Mystic Film accepting Fest. our film because we have see this is this is part of the the reality okay. of being a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. We have been denied. <laughs> couple film fests for yeah. that movie it happens yeah um and this is always the uh the struggle when financing when sort of allotting what finances go to submissions because they get wicked expensive mm-hmm. and you know you could you could throw 600 bucks into submitting films and uh only get into five yeah such is life. Yeah. Uh, and that's not our number, but, you know, let's just throw a number out there. I well, think, we still have a lot that are in consideration. So Well, a lot of them were for next year. Yeah, so we won't hear from year. those. We did like the super, super early bird because yeah. cha-ching, less yeah. money. <laughs> but now the problem is we're going to have four films by the time that one plays. If even. I yeah. don't know. We've been really busy lately. Yeah. And uh, so who knows? Uh, but we also wanted to take this, uh, this moment yes. to give a shout out to... Uh, director Johnny Cofin, whose film False Mirror, uh, which stars our episode 11 mm-hmm. guest, Mr. Lou Taylor Pucci. Lou Taylor, love that guy. Um, and it also stars uh, Sarah Hagen, I think it's Hagen Hagen, mm-hmm. from Freaks and Geeks. And so the film is currently in post, and BT Dubs, Cofin uh, sent it to us. Yeah. We're cool, you're yeah. not. <laughs> so, so we got to see it. It was really funny. It was re- it was really nicely filmed. Yeah, so, it looked beautiful. You know, we're, we're, we wish them all the luck with yeah. that. Directed well. I liked, you know, look, I really liked it. Yeah, I, it, I was, did. it was really, really good. We're not just saying that. Yeah. Um, but his, are we? <laughs> no, no, we're not. Um, no, I really did like it. But um, it, uh, he's, he's crowdfunding for... That he's got a crowdfunding page for that film on mm-hmm. Indiegogo. Yeah, so it's called a false mirror. So a false mirror. I'll put a link in the in yeah. The show we'll, notes. we'll put a link in the show notes and and you can check out you know what he's got going there. He's got mm-hmm. like some cool um, I guess incentives you could yeah. say that yep. that he's giving away. And um, they uh, he was working with uh, with a specific artist uh, that I think um, did. Lou Taylor Pucci is wearing a T shirt for that that artist did. In the actual film, and so mm-hmm. I think they're one of the incentives is right. that that you can get I think a poster or the T shirt as oh, well. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, from a graphic artist called Zoltron. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a street artist. So some cool stuff on That's there. Very cool, yeah. So check out. We will be what? I don't know. Where were you going with oh, that? I was going to say that we would be we're going to be helping out funding with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Go to False Mirror on Indiegogo mm-hmm. and donate if you can, or spread the word. Whatever you know, yeah, it, sometimes that whatever you can do. Yeah, um, really, really cool film. It's a short film. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. I mean, it's got Lou Taylor freaking Poochie in it. It's I mean, come Lou, on, that will be his official name yeah, now. Lou Taylor freaking Poochie. Lou Taylor freaking Poochie. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So best of luck to uh, to Johnny Coffee, and we hope that 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 gets funded because yep. it's gonna be pretty cool. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what we have going on after this. I'm always afraid to say because we got some. We, we, got we some, were supposed we got some to people have. In the works. We were supposed to have a guest on this week, um, but she is unfortunately in the hospital. Ugh. So um, this is why I'm always like, eh, you know, because yeah. ish happens, know. and you never know. Um, but yeah, 
I don't know, something's going on. Yeah, so we'll have something happening next week. But we have a we have a couple I'm working on a couple guests as well. Some I think they're, you know, pretty big players in the industry. Bigger than Ryan Connolly. We never thought that would happen. Yeah, well, no. You know, I mean, hey, that's that's a judgment call. You know, that's all that's all subjective. <laughs> if you think they're bigger than Ryan Connolly, I don't because he had a, a pretty um, pretty big impact on my career. Yeah, you know, Actually, him I- and um, Andrew Kramer. That's who we're coming for next. <laughs> Andrew Kramer, we're coming for we're you. Coming for you, pal. <laughs> that doesn't sound creepy at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that regards. No, definitely not. But in 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 regards of how most people would view the cele- celebrity level, you know, celebrity, celebrity, <laughs> never heard that celebrity, like aluminium, <laughs> aluminium. Um, so yeah, whatever. Anyway, we got we got we have a lot of we got pe- people have been upcoming. really receptive, yeah. and that's no one's more surprised by that than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who thought? Who thought if we just started acting like idiots with microphones that people yeah. would want to talk to like us? Like Paul said, hey, I got Ryan Connolly on the show. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And he's like, no, seriously. He's like, well, I'm waiting for the confirmation. I was like, there it is. Yeah. And then he was like, no, so he's actually going to be on the show. I was like, wow. Well, because he's a nice freaking guy. He's a nice dude. Yeah. He's not, as he would say, a douchebag. That's right. He is not. He's an undouchebag. Yeah. Don't do it, guys. Be nice so people. So do we go after Josh as well? Totally. Oh, all right. Josh. Josh, if your brother made you listen to this, and you never made it this far, we know. But if you <laughs> did, we're coming after you. If you don't, if you don't come on the show, we're gonna find you and we're gonna uppercut the butt. Uppercut the butt. <laughs> All right, we're acting like idiots. Well, that's what we do. That's what we do. All right, y'all. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Shout outs. We got a shout oh, out. Shit, come yes. on. Shout outs. I'm sorry. We were actually yeah. depressing moment. It's a very depressing. I got stuck at work. You got on stuck Friday, and I was yesterday. we were supposed to go hang out and do a podcast with the Reality Bomb Comic Cast and Steady Geek and guys and talk about Halloween, but we could not do that because of my stupid job. Because your stupid daytime responsibilities, yeah, paying bills and adulting. such. So we missed out on that. So, but listen to that episode when it comes out. Listen to all the episodes, but especially to that one if you're if you're our fans because we're there in spirit. Yeah, yeah. You really went to town on your eye so, there. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, my eye itched. <laughs> Someone's a little so itchy. Listen, so shout out to Reality Bomb Comicast and Steady Geekin. And Steady Geekin. And to Perry, of course, because we know Perry. you're listening. Monday yeah. morning, you're most likely listening to this. Or yeah. actually, no, wait. We're kind of, we're, we, we've surpassed your drive to work. So, so this is on your way home. So you're probably on your way home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love you, Perry. <laughs> All right. So check us out next week when our guest will be beep. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Yeah. And uh, until then, keep on keeping on. That's a good one. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. So we came up with this one.